Hi, I'm Tash McGill, the Transformationist. Welcome back to Season 3. This is where people come for stories of meaningful change. Now, sometimes those stories are about overcoming personal obstacles, sometimes they're about corporate or social failure, but they are almost always, without fail, stories about making change for good in our communities, our world, and in ourselves. So use this podcast to get curious, asking good questions, to refine insight and to really understand the people and the contexts around you and the actions you can take to be an agent of change or a change artist. Find inspiration and meaning in the humans that we talk to on the show, because at the heart of it all, transformation is about human experience. You know, I wonder sometimes about the value of leaving that intro in or should I take it out? But every time I listen to it back, I think there's good meaning in that. And I want you to be reminded of it, um, that first and foremost, at the center of any change, whether it's for a business or social good, we are humans at the center of it. And so that human experience is really important. And particularly today, because in today's episode, I want to follow on from talking about the stories that we tell as a way of understanding strategy and move into talking about what those stories are made of, which is in fact values alignment. And this is, I guess, me unpacking and opening the doors to the methodology that is at the core of everything that I do. Um, Uh, values and understanding what they truly are, how they relate to our identity, and then how we apply them to the process of alignment to understand which way to move forward. Now, if that sounds really complicated, uh, I apologize. Really, it's just a way of unpacking who is it that you really are? Who is it that you want to be? And what does it look like when that is healthy? What does it look like when it's not? And how can you use that information to make proactive choices in your day-to-day life, whether it's as an individual or as somebody who's working for organizational change? So for a moment, let's talk about you, the leader, the partner, the employee, um, the friend, the sibling, the colleague, the decision maker, the play instigator. Let's talk about you, the human at the center of transformation in any circumstance. In this episode, I'm not talking to a guest with a great story. This is an invitation to talk about your great story, the story of you. Most of us believe that change is hard, but it doesn't have to be. Now, I'm not suggesting that it's effortless, but it doesn't have to be hard. And there are ways that actually it can feel quite natural. But do you know why you believe change is hard? Most of us learn by watching or doing. Um, Most transformation involves wrestling ourselves into new behaviors, new habits, new ways of thinking that don't necessarily feel like the right fit. But we believe, we're taught that that's how it has to be if we want to see change. And because why? Like I spoke about in the last episode, humanity loves to start from the outside, from the external. But what if you're just using the wrong methodology? A methodology for transformation that just doesn't fit you? What if there was a way of finding and navigating your roadmap to transformation from the inside out based out of entirely who you are so it feels as natural as walking? We tend to tackle change when it's something that's foisted upon us by external forces that demand a response or something happens to change our mind about something that compels us to change the way we live. But either way, in both those circumstances, our focus often ends up being on the external. And when faced with a challenge or a problem that we can't solve easily, uh, we might hit the bookstore or the Kindle, <laughs> we'll purchase a self-help book or download a podcast, we might enroll in a masterclass, a development workshop, a coaching group, all of these things. But the 
trouble is no matter how well we read the book, how much understanding we find within those pages, within the ideas of other people who've experienced change and transformation, the biggest challenge that we face is that those insights are still gathered from the transformational actions of others. We want to discover those insights, yes, but we want to then put them into action in a way that's aligned and driven out of your unique values and headed towards the outcomes that you desire. It's really easy to understand somebody else's tactic for change, right? You can adopt Dwayne Johnson's training schedule. You can wear the same uniform as uh, Mark Zuckerberg or Steve Jobs. But who's to say that that tactic is going to lead to the outcome that you're moving towards? Somebody else's tactic for change will only work as far as the destination is the same and the motivation is almost never the same. And I want to ask you this, why would you be motivated by anyone other than yourself and your own outcomes, your own designed future? So this process of aligning from the inside out, it requires a really good, long, hard look at identity and who we are. So we're going to talk about your unique values and the outcomes that you want, and we're going to get to the work of alignment. But the first thing I want to do is set a stage, set a stage of understanding of why we're going about it this way. You are a unique product of the DNA of your parents, as well as the nurture and the context into which you were born. And you are more than that. You're the sum of your parents' experiences, beliefs, education, trauma, the lessons that you've learned, the love that you've spent, and still, you are so much more than that. Your values, what you really care about, what centers your energy in life, your choices, your successes, your celebrations, all of those things come from your values, which is where your true identity lies. And sure, it will have been influenced by all of those things we've mentioned, but there's still something more in those values that is utterly you and utterly unique. Most of us could subscribe quite happily to the idea that somewhere between the age of seven and our young adulthood, we arrive at an understanding of who we are, right? Our first kind of crack at identity. We're given social permission to go chasing it, to try and sum it up in a LinkedIn bio or small talk at a party. We talk about going off to find ourselves, but you are so much more nuanced than that. And you know it. And here's why it matters. We learn a system of making sense of the world when we're young. We learn what other people's expectations are of us. And we primarily learn to navigate the world around us. And that first stage of learning is actually learning a system that's imposed upon us. Because even the most liberal, the most forward-thinking of parents who desire to teach their children independence are still teaching a system of living, a way of being in the world that makes sense in accordance with those family structures, with those cultural structures, and within the communities that they live. And when we try and adopt another person's ideas or system of belief, we end up working really hard because we are working outside of our unique DNA and context. We're trying to work in their unique DNA and context. We find our greatest transformational power when we gain insight about how, our work, how we work, about ourselves, our unique motivations, our fears, our drivers, our desires. When we can harness that power of understanding and operating out of our truest identity, we unlock the ability to make choices effortlessly, decisions quickly, and to naturally take action that's actually aligned with our best and most intentional outcomes. And then, then... Change is not hard at all. Change is simple. The only thing that's really hard is sometimes taking the time to look deeply enough to look within. Meaningfully enough, long enough, judicially enough to understand who we are, 
what we want and what we can do to achieve meaningful transformation towards those outcomes. So what we want to do in this work of transformation and values alignment is to create a lifelong framework for ourselves that starts from the inside out at the very beginning of the journey. So I mentioned in that first stage of learning, from childhood to young adulthood, we're taught how and where to look for tools to help us, right? We're taught about education, therapy, training, and sometimes we're taught to expect that some things will just get better and our understanding will get sharper and deeper and richer with age. But whatever tool have you ever encountered that somehow gets sharper in the draw without use? See, in this first phase of life, we acquire the tools for what we have learned to do and how we have learned to be. And that's it. We don't acquire tools that we don't need. And those tools don't somehow mysteriously get sharp for when they do need to be used. There is a second phase of learning that you are probably entering now. And if you are already looking for greater alignment or sensing a desire or a need for change, that something doesn't quite fit between the inside and the outside of your worlds, that's where you are. You're right in that second phase of learning. That second phase of learning, it's what happens when you realize that the thinking and the systems that got you to here is not the thinking that will get you to there, wherever it is that you want to go. Uh, And whilst that sounds like a niche sort of a catchphrase, there's really truth in it. How we got to here, those tools that we used, cannot get us to the unknown horizons. So in this phase, not only do you need a different set of tools, but you will need new skills and you will need a new pathway to get where you want to go. And this, I believe, and certainly have experienced in my own life, is actually the final stage of independence. It's that final jump into fully alive human experience that's letting go of our reliance on the system that was given to us and embracing our ability to develop and design new systems of thinking and being for ourselves. Now, that system of thinking, of course, it's still going to be informed by our community, our culture, our context, our family systems, and our beliefs. But ultimately, there is a crucial point of independence and autonomy that happens when we begin to develop and design a way of thinking and being in the world that works for our fully realized values and identity as we move into the future. So this, I guess, is in some ways, you know, it's what we've called the midlife crisis or John Mayer now calls it the quarter life crisis, where everything that we've tried or we've relied on hasn't necessarily given us the happiness or the fulfillment, the contentment that we've been seeking, or sometimes we've just simply reached the end of the road that we were on and we realize that we need a new path. We need a new adventure. And again, I really believe this is an example of the outside in versus the inside out principle, right? How can you truly find a happiness or contentment or satisfaction or fulfillment if you're actually bound into uh, another person or culture's definition of success and happiness and contentment, Uh, another person's definition or another system's definition of what you should be aiming towards? Ultimately, our deconstruction of some of these shoulds and the musts and the buts that drive and determine so much of our first stage of learning is what actually brings us to the freedom and the spaciousness to be able to look inward and allow who we are and what we value to be fully expressed and embraced, to come to terms with the vulnerability and the insecurity and working through our fears and embracing our strengths with confidence and assuredness, that stuff that really is the work of life, um, the stuff which is the work of being and becoming fully, wholly, completely alive in ourselves. So if if that first system that we learn is learning how to navigate the world around us according to the rules we've been given, the second phase of learning is really about learning how to navigate towards the horizon we choose or design for ourselves in accordance with the values that we hold most dear. 
So let me get a little proverbial. Ask me to tell you who you are, and I will ask you in return, tell me what you value. Tell me what your treasure is. Because as the proverb says, tell me where your treasure is, and there your heart will also be. And when I know what it is that you treasure, what it is that you truly prize, then I will be able to tell you who you are because I will see it in the way that you live. And the way that you live will tell me what you value. But do this a values alignment work and you don't need me or anybody else to tell you who you are. You'll be able to articulate it so clearly for yourself that no one will be in any doubt of who you are, of what you value and how you navigate life by those values. And with this unique blueprint, you have a methodology for embracing and approaching change, no matter whether it's demanded of you, required by you, designed by you, whether you're choosing it or not, you will have a personal kind of a roadmap to navigating those big decisions and the small ones based on whether or not they are in alignment with your values. (laughs) Talk about taking the pressure off decision making. You'll have an assessment tool for checking in on yourself to say, hey, you know, how am I doing? Am I in alignment? Are there things that feel wonky? Do I feel like I'm maybe not fully myself at the moment? It's a great methodology that's all your own that will last you forever that you can revise anytime. And no matter where you go, no matter where you find yourself, you can use it to help both navigate decision making, find your way forward and make sure that you are living authentically fully alive. So you may have heard me say at various points that people often set goals when they ought to focus on the outcomes. A goal is something that we either win or lose at, right? And often we make dangerous, dangerous assumptions that achieving certain goals will result in specific outcomes. And we tie our language and our focus to the goals when really it's the outcome that we're talking about. Um, And there's possibly, regretfully, no better example than when we talk about our desires for our physical bodies. What we might want to feel is more confident, stronger, healthier, sexier, more capable in our bodies. And we assume that weight loss or gain is the right goal to set to get that outcome. But as soon as you set a weight loss goal, you have set yourself up to win or to lose. But if you can focus your energy on the outcome, then our tactics, our self-view and our language changes. Instead of focusing on losing weight, we can unpack where that body confidence comes from. For me, it's in the ability to climb a mountain. And to get to that mountain climbing ability, I know that it's not about losing weight. It's about getting out and walking as many days as possible and regularly climbing the stairs that I hate. Uh, So instead of setting my mind on the goal, I set my focus on the small action that I can take every day walking the mountain that I live on because I know that that is a sured way of getting to the outcome. Because I want the outcome of feeling confident that my body can carry me up mountains, I walk and climb as many hills as many days in a week (laughs) as I possibly can. But even more than that, it's not just I'm going to walk the mountains in order to be able to climb them. Uh, It's why. Why do I want to climb mountains? It's because in the mountains and in the forests and in the waters of nature, I find energy and clarity and focus. Uh, And I really value being able to move my body into parts of the world that otherwise I wouldn't see so I can get that clarity and perspective. And that there is an example of the vital connection between values and outcomes. I value being able to put my body and my mind into nature to see things differently than when I'm in the midst of suburbia. And in order to do that, I know that I want to be able to climb mountains. And therefore, my value is driving me towards an outcome. 
And the goals that I set and the tactics that I use along the way might change. They might change depending on whether or not I'm living in the mountains or living in suburbia. But the outcome and the value are uniquely aligned and are linked. That's that vital connection between the values and the outcomes. It's the most vital and crucial piece of alignment work. Because a value is not just an idea or a concept about what we treasure or what is important to us. It also intrinsically has action and behavior tied to it. Because I value X, I do, I think, I say these things. And there's no such thing as a right or wrong value. I say it all the time that values in of themselves are amoral. They are not right. They are not wrong. They are not good. They are not bad. It is not wrong to value money or sex or ambition or success. And it is, you might say that you care about your health, but the way you live will point to the truth of whether or not you really value exercise or healthy eating. The truth is you might really truly value indulgence more, and that is equally as right, because indulgence might bring you moments of joy. It might be the doorway to unlocking generosity. It might be, you know, goodness knows, it could be, it could be anything. It's knowing why and how you live as a result of that value that matters, because the alignment between our internal and external worlds is what happens when our values on the inside line up with the outcomes that we are living towards on the outside. So whatever definition of happiness or success, contentment, expansion, whatever word you choose, You can only move towards it with full momentum when you know what it is that you're really valuing and how those values can help drive you forward. Your values and your articulation of them will actually ultimately determine how aligned you feel in the day-to-day existence between the inside of your life and the outside of your life. And if you take a moment now to think about that, how aligned do you feel? Another way of doing that is asking questions like, are there things that feel disappointing? Are there itches that have remained unscratched? Are there things on the to-do list that feel impossible? Is there friction anywhere in your life? Is there friction in the time that you give to things that you don't care about? Is there work to be done in aligning the way you spend your time with what you really care about? And probably by now, you are starting to feel that that itch. You're starting to feel that rub of where there are things that are out of alignment. Because most of us are living with a little bit of, a, of alignment being off all the time. We're constantly living with misalignment. And sometimes it's a little thing that just needs a bit of a tweak because we've gone through a busy season or something's changed or we've needed to redirect our focus. Um, but sometimes it's a big thing. And sometimes if we don't pay attention to it, misalignment can become catastrophic, like we've talked about. So alignment between our values and our outcomes is the first place to start when it comes to working from the inside out. And instead of adopting, you know, the mantras, the programs, the tactics, the beliefs of others, we want to focus on writing your own words, creating your own language to express exactly what it is that you're all about. So when you dive into this work, uh, it can feel like coming home. It can be pleasurable. It can be joyful. There might be some momentary discomfort where perhaps you will uh, find yourself articulating or admitting things to yourself that you've never said out loud before. And perhaps you will recognize things that you or others have suspected about yourself that others have seen, but you haven't felt powerful enough to own or confident enough to own. Because maybe somewhere in that system that you learned as a child, it was something that was silenced or it was frowned upon. Um, There's almost always something that feels uncomfortable until it becomes familiar. But there will also be things that feel like a sense of relief. 
that it feels like a sense of ease of this comes naturally to me to be able to say, yeah, this is something that actually I really value. And that's why I do these things and give my time and energy to this way of living and being in the world. And you too, as as you get into this language, you will begin to see and realize that change doesn't have to be hard for you if you can align between what you truly value and what you want. Because one shines a light on the pathway towards the other. And this work in of itself, this work is not change. This work is transformation. Adopting someone else's habits or mantra or uniforms, that's change, right? It's momentary adoption of somebody else's habits. But discovering yourself and bringing yourself fully into the world, into every relationship, into every workspace, into every community, into every influence, that is transformation. That is life fully alive. Uh, Henry Nguyen is one of my um, favorite uh, authors, and he wrote in a diary to himself, he wrote this at a time of great transformation in his life. You need to recognize the difference between change and transformation. You keep expecting that these external circumstances that reflect change around you will somehow mirror or gauge the change within you. But you don't change. People can only transform. One thing must become another. You can't simply tear your heart out and replace it with a new one, as much as one relationship cannot be exchanged for another. We must transform. But you must choose this. It will not happen by osmosis. It is too easy to adopt new behaviours and claim newness when really all you are doing is maintaining a facade. That's not the life you want. You know that. Your spirit yearns for explosive, dynamic honesty, the challenge of brightness, vibrancy. So you must find ways to be your honest, true self in the midst of all this change. So, with that introduction, let's talk about the process that I use. Um, I'm going to walk you through it and if you would like you can download a template to use yourself to give a crack at walking this through because and you might say okay well why are you giving this away Tash because you know here we are we're going into a season it's all about business transformation and change but actually I want because this language is going to be embedded in the rest of the season I wanted to give you the invitation to work on it Um, I wanted to give you the invitation to examine it for yourself so The first thing that I do, the reality is most of us have, you know, between five to seven values that really are our core drivers and principles. And, you know, at any given time, maybe two or three of those values are really in in play, um, driving us towards certain things. Um, And those values tend to fall into categories of our physical health, our physical being in the world. They tend to fall into our relationships, so our family, our friends, the way that we express hospitality. Um, There's almost always... And there ought to be a value around money or resource, you know, what what do we have and what do we do with it? Uh, and around uh, intimacy and sensuality and sex and the way that we engage in those most intimate of moments. Values around vocation and work, um, how do we make a living uh, and spirituality, growth, education. Any of these things might be reasonable spaces for you to find a, a, a you know a, a value that's probably tucked underneath. So, in the very first instance, um, I give you a worksheet, <laughs> and I ask you to either circle some keywords that are on it, or to write down or make a mind map of keywords that come to mind when I ask you the question, "What is it that you value most? What's driving you?" Once you've chosen one of those words, we start to unpack what it means. Uh, I'm going to ask you, what does that word mean to you? What does it look like when you express it well? 
How do you express that value in your life? How would you like to express that value in your life? Sometimes the things that we value are actually ideas that we subscribe to. Um, They're things that we think we ought to hold dear. They're things that we think are important because of some of the other beliefs that we might hold around family or community or religion, spirituality, ideas that we've grown up with around who should be the provider or, or where family provision should come from. And so it's really important in this space of unpacking what you value and what that means to you and what that looks like to you in order to make sure that we are actually getting to the heart, to the very core of what you really value and what you believe. And it's in these three questions, what do you value, what does that mean to you, and what does it look like when it's being expressed? It's in those three questions that we often end up unpacking a lot of things that people give lip service to, but are not actually at the heart of what is driving them forward, right? People might feel really uncomfortable about using the word money, But when you start to unpack the idea of money and you start to talk about, well, what does money look like? Oftentimes you will unpack values actually that come out of generosity or come out of hospitality or come out of a desire to want to help people, to want to grow or invest, right? So the word may not necessarily be entirely linked to what the truest action and belief and expression of that value in your life is. And that's why it's so important, you know, in our in our businesses, in our families, we might talk about our culture and say, hey, here are the things that we value. And we might rattle off five or six key words, but it doesn't start to really sink into reality and into truth until we can start talking about what that looks like, how it's expressed, because it's when we talk about how the value is expressed that we start to understand what it really means to us and when we've unpacked actually here's what it looks like and here's what it means then maybe we find a better word you know we pull out this this, the thoris and we say yeah actually you know we might have said money but really what we're talking about is generosity and then we ask the question so because it means this and because it looks like this what do you then think what are the thought patterns that are influenced by that value what are the behaviors that are influenced by that value and then what do you know as a result of that because oftentimes uh, when we ask the question what is it that you know what is it that you are certain of as a result of this value in your life there might be certain things that you are holding to that are either uh, self-limiting beliefs or the concrete drivers of behavior so unpacking those things is really important and all of a sudden we're not just talking about a value that's a keyword, we're talking about a deeply rooted way of being in life that's unique to you. The other piece of assessment that I love to do with people is to ask the question, what does it mean when this value is being expressed really well? What does it look like? How do you know that things are in alignment with this value in your life because ABC is happening in your world? So for me, generosity means always having space at my dinner table. So I know that my value of generosity is not being lived out if there aren't people regularly crowded around my table for dinner or regularly meeting at a restaurant or over a bar for a drink. If that if that kind of practice of generosity and hospitality isn't happening, then I know that that practice of generosity, that value of generosity is out of alignment in my life. Because then I ask the second question, right? When this value is being expressed well, these things happen. Usually, when I ask the follow-up question, what happens when this value isn't being expressed well? It's not usually an action uh, 
that is the thing that's either missing or replaced. Oftentimes it's an internal monologue, it's an internal thought pattern. Um, So for me, when the value of generosity is not being expressed well in my life, internally I begin to doubt my place in the world. I begin to feel insecure about my centre of gravity. I begin to long for um, deeper, richer connection. That way of staying connected to people through hospitality and generosity is so important to the way that I ground myself and find centre in what I'm doing that if it's not being expressed well, my internal world can become a dark and a lonely place. And that can automatically have flow-on impacts into the way that I engage in my workplace and the way that I engage with my clients. Um, And all of that is something that I can be aware of as soon as I go, oh, you know what? My value of generosity is not currently being expressed well. What can I do to reset the alignment? What can I do to reset the negative thoughts that are starting to creep in? And once you've got all of this detail written down, then my invitation to you is to write a great sentence. I value X, which means I do A, B, C, D. And it looks like this in the world. Because so often, the things that we truly value, they have great, big, expressive, beautiful ways of making themselves known in our worlds. It might look like healthy, robust conversation with your kids. It might look like thriving opportunities at work. It might look like professional development and career advancement opportunities. It might look like greater intimacy with your partner. There's every and all manner of what it looks like when our values are being well expressed in the world. But being able to get a crystal clear picture of what that looks like is one of the most empowering transformational tools that I can give you. And then that's it. You work on those values until you've got that set of ideas that you can articulate that lines up the inside with what the outside ought to be. And then we get to alignment, right? Because once we've got really expressive statements about what our values are, it actually becomes remarkably easy to look at those statements and to say, right, well, on a scale of one to 10, how important are those values? and my overall sense of well-being and purpose in the world. And once you've had a look at what those values and where they line up on that, on that spectrum, then you can ask yourself the question, how are those values being expressed at the moment? Are they being expressed well? Are they not being expressed enough? What is happening in my life as a result of those values not being expressed well? And you will start to see the places where the tension is. Just like I said last episode, you know, so often we feel the tension, we feel like something doesn't fit and we look to the outside of ourselves. We think, oh man, I just, I'm not, I wake up in the morning and I'm not invigorated to go to work. It must be my job. My job must be the thing that I need to change. Maybe I've just been here too long. And we jump onto the internet and we start looking around for listings and we start searching for the thing that's going to scratch the itch, that's going to ease the tension, that's going to make it feel a little bit easier. But actually a better thing to do is to look at our alignment and to say, hey, how are my values being expressed right now? How is the inside lining up with the outside? And what action can I take to reduce the tension? What action can I take to reduce the rub? Alignment is not necessarily sexy or glamorous. 
It doesn't necessarily come with a radical new job. It doesn't necessarily automatically mean, oh, uh, instantaneous life transformation. Sometimes it just means, oh, you know what? Like, I've really slacked off getting outdoors and into nature. And as a result, I'm becoming grumpy and miserable and I don't sleep well because I'm not getting the kind of oxygen and exercise that I need in order to be a better person. That doesn't sound like a particularly transformational or sexy option, but after three weeks of getting out for a walk a few times a week and sleeping better, how much of a difference is that going to make to your day-to-day life? Now, I know that might feel like a trivial kind of an example, but we're talking about you. We're talking about you, the human being at the center of making decisions for people around you, making being the person who has to respond to decisions that are being made for you. You could be everything from a boss, a colleague, an employee, a mentor, a mentoree. You might be the person who's making decisions in your household or contributing to them. And you being fully alive, fully engaged and fully your best self in all of those places makes a difference. So getting outdoors for a walk a few times a week to realign that that value around physical exercise or being out in nature might not seem like a transformational move, but to all of those other people that you matter to, it's sure as heck going to make a difference. So that's it. That's a brief overview of values alignment. Now the truth is, with most of my clients, whether it's a business or an individual, we sit down and this is the first thing that we do. Because I am asking you the question, tell me who you are. Tell me who you are. Tell me who your organization is. Tell me what it is that you care about. Whether it's you, the human, or you, the business, tell me what you value and what it looks like when that is being expressed well. And there are usually tears because they're tears of joy uh, when people go, you know what? Yeah, that's really who I am. I've never met a single person who doesn't get genuinely excited and find genuine momentum and energy around being and expressing who they really are. Of course you should be excited by that. That's what I mean. It should feel like life-giving work. It should feel kind of like a relief to have these conversations. And it should also feel freeing when you're able to say, hey, you know what, here's something that really, really matters to me and it's currently really out of alignment and it's causing me pain. Because then we straight away know that there's something we can do to bring transformation into that space. And that's what I do, and it's why I love what I do, because transformation makes a difference. Transformation is meaningful change. I'm Tash McGill, and this is The Transformationist. Uh, You are here this season for stories of change and change artists. I can't wait to next week bring you um, an incredible interview um, with my friend and a regular on the show, Jeff Crabtree, as we talk about what it takes to make significant social change in the area of workplace and sexual harassment. Um, I'm going to share some stories from my own world and I think you'll uh, find the interview insightful and hard and challenging and invigorating. So we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. As ever, you can find me at Tash McGill on the internet, tashmcgill.com, transformationist.org. And feel free to ask me for your values worksheets.